few years ago, I was at a meeting that the Lord told me to go to. And, uh, about, and then sitting next to me was Miss Rhonda Moore. And uh, all of a sudden, I didn't know who she was. And uh, we just enjoyed praising God and learning some stuff about the Lord that day. And we, we basically became friends on Facebook. And she immediately said that day, she said, you need to meet my husband, I believe. And so within a matter of uh, a little few months later, you, were, you guys were in Greensboro. And you said, hey, can you come up here? And the Lord said, I want you to go up there and I want you to meet him. I said, okay. We went up there. We had breakfast together. We got to meet. And instantly, I would say that Richard and I, our, our heart was just kind of knit in the spirit. And uh, matter of fact, I was watching him at Dr. Rodney's the other day. Dr. Rodney was preaching. Uh, Richard was sitting on the front row and, and the girls and Luke and I were sitting there on, watching on TV. And I went, hey, look, there's my friend. And uh, I was talking about you. And uh, so it, it just blesses me that you're here. We're glad to have you. And um, we, we welcomed you with snow. Uh, <laughs> they're from Florida, so I don't, but you do travel a lot, so you see it, I know. But uh, we just want you to have your way and uh, let the Holy Spirit move and just welcome you guys. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. You glad to be here this morning? Yes, sir. Amen. How many would rather be here than jail? Raise your hand. <laughs> All right, most of you. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to have a great time today. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to, I can promise you're going to be a blow-up day. Amen. And, um, you know, my wife and I, as pastor, gave us a little bit of introduction. You know, we... Um, and I'll get into some of it this morning because of some things I want to share and talk about. And um, we, basically, my wife and I, we're on the road about 300 days a year. And, uh, you know, so we, we live in all kinds of different types of weather. <laughs> we live in where it's hot, where it's cold, where it's lukewarm. <laughs> Around a lot of Christians, it's that way, too. But, <laughs> but, we, uh, but we have something that... <laughs> We have something for them. It's like I, I said to Pastor yesterday on the TV set, there's two type of Christians. There's the soul winner and there's the backslider. And uh, that always gets that same response, but it is the truth. And, uh, but, you know, my wife and I, you know, we, the, the reason why we do what we do, why I'm not a pastor, doesn't mean that I'm opposed to it, just that the Lord hasn't, he has a different call for my life. The Lord put his hand upon me in January of 1990 after much time of seeking him and crying out to him. And the Lord touched me in, in, a, in a mighty way. And ever since that day, everywhere we have gone, since 1990, revival breaks out. And we'll stay at the same church two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, two meetings a day. Amen. And uh, so since 1990, and I've been in the ministry 31 years full time, but since 1990, we've conducted over 7,000 revivals. Which is a lot of revivals. I'm in, I'm in church more in a year than most pastors are in a lifetime. But it's because of what the Lord did. I mean, we don't just come with a message. But how many know that that's really not even what the gospel is? The gospel is not just a message. The gospel is a demonstration of the message that's being proclaimed. Amen? Yeah. Listen, Jesus didn't just speak the word. Jesus spoke the word, but with that came a demonstration. 
Paul said, my gospel didn't come unto you in word only, but in power and demonstration. See, that's the very, that's one of the very things that separates us from all other religions of the, the world. <laughs> because all the other religions of the world, all they can, all they can do is talk yeah. or create evil. But their message, there's no display of, of the, the power of the God they worship. Amen? Amen? But as a Christian, when we speak the word of God, there is to be a confirmation of that word through signs and wonders and a demonstration. But yet it's so sad that we've come to a time to where many in the church world, not only have they not seen a demonstration of the power of God, they don't even expect it. Now I'm not just I'm not just talking about I'm not just talking about you know a little rondai shondai here and an interpretation here I'm not talking about that that's that's one of the gifts of the spirit in operation I'm talking about the move of the glory of God there's a difference you know with the gifts of the spirit you know there's everything's to be done decently in order but when there's a move of God there's no such thing as decently in order right. I mean you show me order in Acts chapter two when the fire of God fell on the hundred and twenty. There was no order. Matter of fact, the, outs, the people, the heathen looked at them and said, these people are drunk. These people are full of new wine. But Peter had to get up and proclaim to the people and tell them what it was. Now listen, these people are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Yeah, yes. And understand something. We are still living in that hour. Meaning, I, I, I do not like the term early church. And now I've used it for years and, and you still hear it today. But one of the reasons I don't like the term early church is because when that term is used, it's almost like it's used in connotation that there's two different churches. But we're, yet we're the same church. We are the same church. We have the same God. We have the same Father. We have the same mission. We have the same purpose. Come on, we have the same Holy Ghost. We have the same fire. Nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is 2017. That's the only thing that's changed. That's right. Amen? Amen? And the move of God and the advancement of the kingdom of God is, is more about you than it is the pastor. Right. Hello? Don't, don't shut me down because I'm preaching real good this morning. <laughs> no, the advancement of the kingdom of God is more about you than it is the pastor. Yeah. Listen, not everybody here is called to be a pastor. Not everybody here is called to be an evangelist. Not everybody here is called to be a missionary. Not everybody here is called to be in the fivefold ministry gift. But everybody here is called to tell people about Jesus. Yes. Amen? Amen? But yet when you have, when, when this, I can promise you this, there's a difference, a huge difference when you talk about Jesus to others because you have information about Him versus talking about Jesus to others when you know Him intimately. There's a huge difference. And I want to share some things with you this morning. I told Pastor yesterday, usually it is unusual that we come just do a Sunday morning, Sunday night. But we felt like the, um, by the Spirit of God to do so. Now I did last week as well and the, and the week before that because I'd been to those churches and had revivals at those churches many times. Matter of fact, the church I was at last Sunday morning, Sunday night, we started in first very first time we went there was in 1993. And... We started with 400 people, and we ended with 1,500 people four weeks later. And people from six states came and uh, had, a, had a mighty, mighty, mighty things happen. And, but that's, you know, it's been that way since the Lord touched me in January of 1990. And I want to get into some of that because oftentimes people think the touch of God is just for those that 
in God's eyes, they're special. Or there's something special on them. Understand something. God's not a respecter of persons. Amen? And you need to understand this. The way that, in the way that God has touched me or touched some other individual, God can touch you that way as well. Amen? Understand something. God has no favorites. Just like God's goodness has no favorites. Just like the love of God has no favorites. You know, and sometimes Christians can think that, you know, because we're Christians that God loves us a little bit more than He loves the heathen, but that's actually not true. The only difference between you and I and the drunk down the street is Jesus. That's the only difference. And you know what? Jesus loves Him just as much as He loves me. Amen? Amen. And see, that's what's so good about God is that, is that He has no favorites whatsoever. And His, His love, first off, you can never exhaust it. You can never exhaust His love and you can never exhaust His goodness. You can never exhaust His mercy. And when God, listen, when God talks about something over and over and over and over and over, it's because He wants you to know something about Him. As we said on the TV program yesterday, I don't know which, which week it was, because <laughs> we recorded like five weeks, didn't we? That... Um, you know, God constantly throughout the Word of God talks about how good He is. Matter of fact, in Romans, the Bible talks about having an understanding of what's good. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible says, if you that are evil know how to get good gifts unto your children. Think about it. Those that are evil. The Bible says, those that are evil knows how to give good gifts unto their children. Do good things unto their children. And yet they're evil. How much more shall our Heavenly Father give good things to them that ask Him? Amen? Listen, if, 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 if an evil person blesses their children, how much more will God bless His children? Amen? If an evil person has good things for his children, how much more does God have good things for, those, for us, for His children? Amen? Come on, listen. If, if, if an evil person blesses his child and prospers his child with blessings upon blessings upon blessings, how much more yeah. shall right. God bless his children? Right. Amen. Don't even put God in, this, in, 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 in the same category. Right. Because understand something. He is God and there's none like him. Right. But yet not only is he God and not only is there none like him, he wants you to know him. And he wants you to know him intimately, and he wants you to know him personally. And I tell you, things change. Things change when you when you move from information stage to knowing stage. Yes. And that's really that's really that's one of the um, purposes of revival. And obviously, we're not going to be able to get into everything this morning, and because um, we'll be back here tonight. I tell you, you don't want to you don't want to miss tonight four o'clock. Some of you actually probably won't be able to leave right. because you'll be stuck to the floor for a while, and. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know the, I know, I know the pastor said we'll receive an offering for us after the service. But the only bad thing about that, as in our meetings, I always receive the offering at the very beginning, because most of the time, if I wait to the end, we never get nothing, because <laughs> everybody's on the floor, and I don't want to be a pickpocket. So we usually do everything <laughs> at the very beginning. But, um, but before I, before I go into my message, I'm gonna have my, my lovely wife get up here and just greet you and. You know, we've been married 29 years, and, uh, you know, we, we got married and went on the road. And uh, so, honey, just, just greet the people. Well, hallelujah. Woohoo! God is good. 
He's good all the time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love that God never changes. You know, so you know what that means? That means that we have to do the changing. You know, all through the scripture, it talks about the blessings, and it talks about the condition to receive the blessing. And so this morning, as we open up our hearts to hear the word of God, there's another element that we have to do. We have to yield to the spirit of God when he comes upon us. You know, we are all um, creatures that are um, inside of us. We are always seeking the supernatural. You know, you see in your children all the superheroes. They gravitate to that. But we are supernatural beings because we serve a supernatural God. Yes, we have an earth suit. And yes, we walk and breathe and have our being. But God is a supernatural God. And we are supernatural people. And so when we can come in contact with the supernatural, something's going to give way. You know, and you cannot receive supernatural things with your mind. Your spirit and the Holy Spirit that live on the inside of you, you, that's what bears witness. You know, he was talking about the building and the beautiful building you're getting. Oh, my goodness. Every church, there has been a release for buildings in the body of Christ. And every church that we have been to at the beginning of this year has either gotten into a new building, going to get one, or... God has put a, you know, a burden in their spirit to go after one because the, uh, the, the harvest is ripe and we are the laborers and that church is going to fill up. Come on. It, you aren't going to be just a sprinkle here and there, but that church is going to fill up and people are going to come from the north and the south and the east and the west to come to the church because the Holy Ghost is moving. The supernatural is in manifestation. It's not church as usual. We are people called by his pastor. We are made in his image and we're going to have to get the job done in these last, this last hour of the church. We We've got to be rapture ready. So you're going to have to be on the cutting edge of what the Lord is doing. You're going to have to have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of God is doing. And you can't do that in the natural. That comes in hours of praying. That comes in praying in the Holy Ghost. It comes in stirring yourselves up in your most holy faith. And when you stir yourself up, it's going to flow right out of your spirit. And you know, sometimes you'll be saying things and you'll like whoo that'll catch you off guard because it's coming out of your spirit because your spirit knows all things remember jesus said i must go that i would send you the comforter and the comforter lives on the inside of you and the job of the comforter is to lead guide and direct us into all truth the truth of God's word the truth know the truth and the truth shall set you free it's not just knowing about the truth it's knowing the truth and the Holy Spirit is truth he is life and he's giving life but we've got to tap into that
And so this morning, the river is flowing in this place. And whoever gets in the river will live. Oh, you know, our salvation, it's not once saved, always saved. It's something that we continually work out daily. It's choose this day whom you will serve. You know, um, Satan is the god of this world. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say he's got the whole world in his hands. You know, well, it is God's earth, but the authority has been passed over to Satan. But we, as believers, and as we've received Jesus Christ, we have the authority here on the earth. The devil is under our feet, and the only authority that he has is what we give him, because Jesus has paid the price for us to have that authority here on earth. But a lot of people are sleeping. You know, it's time for the church to wake up. That sleeping giant, wake up, wake up. So that we can move in what God has for us to move in in this last day, in this last hour. That we can position ourselves for the harvest of souls. Amen. So every morning you must exercise your authority. Your authority over things. Because we have all authority. We have all authority. So as you exercise your authority, the scripture I love to pray is, um, no weapon formed against me shall prosper for my righteousness is of the Lord. You know, we were sitting under a man of God that, from Africa. And in Africa, there's a lot of witch doctors, warlocks. There's all kinds of evil. And um, it's just kind of bred over in those areas. And so as he was praying, he was saying that in America and in Christianity, there are no set times to pray. It's left up to us and the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So guess what happens? A lot of Christians don't pray. <laughs> and so they don't pray three times a day or four times a day like other religions. You know, when we go over to these countries, which we've been to 44 nations of the world, flown over the um, 66 times. So that's a, making a lot of uh, tracks. <laughs> There's no grass growing under our feet. But you go into some of those nations. We, I was over in Israel, and you hear them chanting, and you hear them praying all times of the day. My husband was over in Pakistan, and you just hear them chanting and praying. You know, but, but the Christians, come on, but the Christians, you know, we have to get up and exercise our authority. And even through the day you need to exercise your authority we need to continually the bible says that we need to pray always we need to pray always so when you keep your in an attitude of prayer things are going to happen in your life you're going to see results you're going to you'll have an expectation of what the spirit of god that he's going to do his word what he says he's going to do but when you just you know you just open it up here and there throw up a little cold prayer here and there nothing's going to happen in your life things aren't the mountains aren't going to move he says speak to the mountain and be thou removed and cast into the sea it's something you've got to do so this morning the ball is in your court everywhere we go we have a move and a powerful demonstration of the holy ghost it's not on us this morning it's on you you got to open up your heart to receive what the holy ghost would have for you to receive you know, there's a, there's just dimensions in the glory of God. You know, you might not, 
have never danced in the Holy Ghost before. You might never have felt that awesome presence when it's just like fire. Shut up in your bones and you just can't sit still and you want to take a lap. But you know that's available for each and every one of us. It's because when the, I like what Catherine Kuhlman says, it's when the natural and the supernatural come in contact, something's got to give way. Well, it's your central nervous system. Because, you know, even in the Bible, they could not stand in the presence of the Lord. You know, some people, they'll say, uh, you know, it's going under the power. It's not being slain. Because if you were slain, you are dead. So, you know, the Spirit of God wants to move in everybody's life. But sometimes there's walls that are holding back the river from flowing. So as the Word of God is going forth, it's like a hammer. Since the Word of God is like a hammer and it's going... And it's making cracks in those things that have come upon you, attached themselves onto you. So we're going to believe this morning that everything's going to break loose. Everything's going to come off of you because of the anointing. It says because of the anointing, the yoke shall be destroyed. So we're just going to believe with you this morning for that anointing to be destroyed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, tonight... This morning, tonight, <laughs> we thank you for your, your great glory, your great mercy, for you are the God of glory. And Father, as Paul prayed, as he prayed for the church of Ephesus, so Lord, do I pray for Boomerang Church, that every individual here this morning under the sound of my voice, that you, Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give unto each one the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father, that you might open the eyes of their understanding, that they might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the glory of your inheritance and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in them. And Father, I thank you that they might come unto an understanding of your great power, that power that you wrought in Christ Jesus. Lord, when you raised him from the dead, that power that's available to us who believe. And we believe this morning, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that not one person shall leave here as they've come. Yeah. I thank you that come Monday morning, Lord, that every individual will wake up and begin to thank you and praise you for what you've done today. And Father, many will even look back years from now and they'll look back at this day and say, this is the day that it all changed for me. Father, this is the day that they had an encounter with you. This is the day that, that you spoke to them. This is the day that you touched them. This is the day that the chains were broken. That this is the day freedom came. That this is the day they got a glimpse on the inside. They got a glimpse of you, the God of glory. And Father, we thank you. We thank you this morning that every word that is proclaimed comes straight from you. Father, I thank you that every word that is proclaimed, Lord, that doesn't fall upon deaf ears, but every individual here, Lord, hears what thus saith the Lord. That every individual here, Lord, not is, is not just a doer or not just a hearer of your word, but a doer as well. And that you, precious Holy Spirit, that as you walk up and down each aisle, that you begin to reveal, that you begin to unfold and unveil your word, Lord, that sets every individual free. Because it is truth, and Lord, it's your word that we base our life on. And we give you all glory, and we give you all honor, because there's none like you, Father. There's none like you, Lord, in all the earth. 
There's none like you in all the heavens. There's none like you in all honor and all glory and all worship and all praise unto you, O Lord. For, Lord, all of our days, Lord, you have only been good to us all of our days. And we thank you. Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, we're so thankful. And Lord, may we not ever take anything for granted. May we not take your, your goodness and your mercy for granted. May we not take your presence for granted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you that your fire falls in this house. In Jesus' mighty, mighty, mighty name that's above all name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go with me, if you would, in your Bibles to the book of... I'm going, to go, I'm going to read a number of scriptures this morning. Go with me, starting with First Chronicles chapter 28. Hallelujah. Now earlier, I, be, I, be, I made a statement. First Chronicles chapter 28. I made a statement earlier that when God says something over and over and over and over and over, there's, there's always a reason. Amen? Amen. I mean, God, God doesn't just like to, to hear himself talk, nor does he just want to just repeat himself for no reason. You know, when God repeats himself, there's always a reason. Just like I was talking about his goodness, you know, when God talks about how good he is all throughout the word of God, and it's all throughout the word of God. There's a reason. What is that reason? That God wants us to understand that He's good. When God talks about His mercy constantly throughout His Word, He wants us to understand that He is merciful. When God talks about His glory all throughout the Word of God and you see displays of His glory, He wants us to understand that He is the God of glory and that His glory is, is available today. Amen? Amen. But, yeah, but God also talks a number of other things that we could you know, keep going down this, this trail, but yet... Also, something else that God constantly, throughout the Word of God, there's a theme that constantly runs throughout the Word of God in the area of seeking God. Because understand something, God wants you to know Him. Yes. You know, the whole plan of redemption, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, seven things Jesus said on the cross. The last thing that Jesus said on the cross is, it is finished. And there's a number of reasons why He said it is finished. But one of the reasons He said it is finished is because the, the, the law has come to an end. And, the, and, and, and a new, or the old covenant has come to an end. And a new covenant now we have, which Jesus is the mediator of that new covenant. But what does the new covenant consist of? The new covenant consists of the fact that we don't need, we don't need a, a priest to go to the Father for us. Because we are all become priests. Amen? That God has restored through Jesus Christ. He has restored our relationship that we had with Him in the garden. When God would walk through the, in the cool of the day, walk through the garden and talk with Adam and Eve. Amen? See, that's the whole purpose that God created mankind is to fellowship, is to have somebody to fellowship with. And that fellowship was broken when, when sin came into the world. But yet because of Jesus Christ, because, you know, he was obedient to the Father, you know, because of one man's disobedience, sin came. Because of one man's obedience, the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? Man was made one with God again. Man was made righteous with God and his righteousness we've obtained. Amen. We've become sons of God. We've become heirs of God. Amen. We have become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. 
That's why we need to be about the Father's business on, in this earth, not about our business in this earth. Because the reality is you're not, you're not really an American. You're a citizen of heaven. Yeah. Amen? Your citizenship is not in America. Your citizenship is in heaven. But yet, when, you, when you're earthly minded, you don't think that way. But when you're heavenly minded, you think heavenly things. Amen? You think of the fact that, hey, I'm a son of God. When you're heavenly minded, you, you think about, you know what? I can, I can come to my father anytime I want to. And I can worship him anytime I want to. And I can talk with him anytime I want to. And guess what? He talks back with me. Yeah. Amen? Amen? See, un understand, I like something that T.L. Osborne, who was a great uh, missionary evangelist. T.L. Osborne said, he said, he said, no other religion of the world except Christianity can say, my God lives in me. Yeah. Amen? See, when, you, when, you be, when, when individuals become, when, when they become take, uh, Muslims, they can't say, my God lives in me. When individuals become Buddhists, they can't say, my God lives in me. But the moment you become a born-again Christian, when your life is, is washed in the blood of the Lamb, your life is washed in the blood of Jesus, guess what? He becomes, you, you be, he becomes our home. Amen. Our home, I mean, he becomes, he lives in us. The Bible says he takes up residency on the inside of us. Amen. And we can say that God lives in us. The very one that raised Jesus from the dead is the very one that lives on the inside of us. Amen. And guess what he does? The Bible says that he, he quickens us. Amen. Some of you, your body needs to be quickened this morning. <laughs> Amen. I mean, because you lost an hour of sleep, your body needs to be quickened. <laughs> Amen. All right. First, first Chronicles. Chapter 28. Have you found it? Yes. If you haven't found it by now, forget about it. First Chronicles 28. Now look at this. Look, I'm going to run it, read a number of scriptures this morning. First, First Chronicles, I want to show you a theme. And there's more scriptures that we can go into, but for time's sake, we'll just mention these few this morning. First Chronicles 28. It's page 568. <laughs> Verse 9. And thou, Solomon, my son... Know thou the God of thy father. Notice, notice what, how, many, how many know that God is the author of his word? <laughs> Amen. Listen, listen to what he's saying. Know, everybody say no. no. Know the God of thy father. Who was, David's, who was Solomon's father? David. How many know David knew God? Yeah. I, I mean, God, listen, God said about David, God said he is a man after my own heart. Amen. Listen, listen, I want that to say my, my cry, my cry is that when 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 God thinks of me and he does, the Bible says in Jeremiah, he has thoughts toward us. Amen. The Bible says he thinks things toward us. So when God thinks of me, I, I want him to, number one, know when the, as soon as my neighbors mention that he knows the first off that Richard Moore, my son, loves me with all of his heart and he'll do whatever I ask. And he's a man after my own heart. You know, Solomon's father, David, God said that he is a man after my own heart. That means, that means he loves the things I love. That means he, he's about my business and he's not about his business. That he thinks on the things that I think on. Yeah. And here, God is speaking to Solomon and listen what God says to Solomon. He says, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of, of the thoughts. Listen what he said here. 
If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. If thou seek him, now you're going to see that last part, is in, uh, you, that God speaks it again here in a moment. But notice what he says here. He says, if thou, if thou seek him. So why does he say if? Because it's a condition. Yeah. If thou seek me. That, you know what? The cry of God is throughout centuries and from generations to generations to generations. You hear the Spirit, the same cry has been, seek me. Seek me. Some have chose to seek Him, and others haven't. Some have chose to seek God, and others haven't. Some have chose to seek God, and they have found Him, and they've been about their Father's business, and they've built the kingdom of God, and they've advanced the kingdom of God in this earth. Then they stand before the Father and hear the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And then there's been others that have chose not to seek Him. And yet, when you choose not to seek Him... You don't understand his ways and you don't understand his plans. The only thing you understand is your ways and your plans. And you begin to build your kingdom in this life. And you begin to build the things that you want to build. I was saying to the pastor last night in the car as we was going to eat at, at Sister Rachel's favorite restaurant, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> that the very fear of every single one of us. The fear in our, uh, the fear. That should really even motivate us. Because one day every single one of us here is going to stand before the Father. One day every one of us here is going to stand before the Father. And when you stand before Him, you're not going to be there with your spouse. When you stand before Him, you're not going to be there with your parents. When, you're going to st when you stand before Him, it'll just be you. And we have, to, we have to be, listen, and that's one of the things I can tell you that, that I, as, as my wife and I travel the nations of the world, as we travel all over America... We've been in, we've been in, I can't remember how many hundreds of churches we've been in. Over 7,000 revivals. It's a lot. Of, that's called living in church. <laughs> I live in church. Amen. I live in church. I live in hotels. I live in restaurants. And I live in airplanes. We've been all over the world and seen nothing. I mean, I can tell you a lot all about airports and restaurants and, aer and airplanes and restaurants and hotels. <laughs> Yet... Hallelujah. One day, we're going to stand before Him. And the thing, the thing I have found as we've traveled the nations of the world is that I find that a lot of Christians are not really eternity-minded. They're not really eternity-minded, but yet eternity is more real. The realm of the Spirit is more real than this natural world. Because understand something. Everything that happens in the natural first happens in the Spirit. Everything that happens in the natural first happens in the realm of the Spirit. I, even, even the events that are taking place in the world, everything first happens in the spirit. The right. spiritual realm is more real than this natural realm. Yeah, that's right. And the reality is this, is that we are spiritual people. The reality is, is, there, is that I can promise you not one individual here really has a full understanding of the power of God that's available. Or really have an understanding of who lives on the inside of you. Because the very one that lives on the inside of you is the very one that raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. The one led, the, the, the lamb led to the slaughter. The lamb that led, led to that scourging chamber where he was scourged with a scourging whip 39 times. The one who knew no sin who became sin. The one who knew no judgment but yet took upon our judgment. So that we can be one with the Father. 
and yet went to hell for you and I. And yet the very one that raised him from the dead is the very one that has come to live and dwell on the inside of us. He's the very one that leads us in the way of God. He's the very one that hears from the Father and speaks to us what the Father's saying. He'll not glorify himself, but he'll always glorify the Father. He'll not glorify you. He'll always glorify the Father. He lives on the inside of you. And if you just learn to listen to Him, if you just learn to listen to what the Holy Spirit says, you're talking about living on a plane, living in a realm that, that most do not live, you'll begin to live in that realm. Because He always leads you. He always leads you. I remember years ago, hearing my mentor, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan. I remember one time when the Lord, the, Lord, the Lord appeared to him and the Lord said to him, he said, he said these words, he said, if my people would just learn to listen to the Holy Ghost, he'd lead every one of them into wealth. Amen. He'd lead every one of them into wealth. But yet, I quoted to you earlier, the Bible says, if you that are evil know how to give wealth unto your children, how many know evil people have left wealth unto their children? Yep. Listen, if, if those that are evil know how to leave wealth unto their children, how much more shall our God Listen, but he won't leave wealth unto us. He's already given it to us. Right. See, the very first step to walking in prosperity is to understand it's already yours. Yeah. The very first step, listen to me closely, the very first step to walking in divine healing, to walking in the redeemed life, yeah. is to understand that healing is already yours. Right. It's already been accomplished. It's already been given to us. We don't have to pray God heal us. He ha already has. Amen? He already has. Because when he was in that chamber and bearing those 39 stripes, guess what? Every stripe was sickness and disease. Every stripe. Yeah. When he was whipped, he took cancer. That's right. When he was whipped, yeah. he took all disease. Right. All sickness. All disease. And the Spirit of God speaking through Paul, he said to us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. Has. Not going to. Not in the process of doing. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For cursed is he who hangs on a tree. He bore the curse. So why? So that we can live his life. Understand, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And that you might have life more abundantly. Listen, if, if, if Jesus would have stopped there, how many of you know that we could never exhaust that abundant life? Yeah. Yeah. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. He didn't say, I've come that you might have life and you just might get by. Right. I, and I declare, and I said to my wife, and I declare to you that you'll never lack another day in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I'll never lack another day in my life. You'll never lack another day in your life. And you say, you see what God's done with this church? Oh, it's just the beginning. Because I promise you one thing, when you, when you have a church whose heart is after the Father, when you have a church whose heart seeks the Father, and you're fully committed to the plan and the purpose of God, you will flourish, you will lack nothing. And there's some that lack, but they're not fully committed. When you fully commit yourself to the plan and the purpose of God, when you fully commit yourself to Him, and about His ways, you'll lack nothing. Yes, no, I said you'll lack nothing. Amen. See, I can understand. See, right now, I can see that you really don't have an understanding of what I'm saying because if you really understood what I said, you'd be jumping up and running around this church right now. 
You'll lack nothing. Yeah. Now you can't run very far in this way, but the next church you'll be able to you'll be able to run. My God, you'll be able, you, come on, you'll be able to run. <laughs> oh my my my! Uh, come on, Rombasaki, come on. You know, I watch people in the meetings. So when the fire of God begins to fall, I watch them. They they sit in their seat and they they do like this with their legs. Yeah. They dance in their seat. No no no! I don't allow dancing in the seat. Jump up and take off. Yeah. Jump off and take off, Ronnie. Come on, jump up and just take off dancing. Because, you know, the reality is the, the, if the Spirit upon uh, God is upon you that way, then that means He wants you to yield. Yeah. But the reality is, is that what God has for you won't be manifested in you until you yield. You can sit there and dance all you want to, but until you really yield to that, you won't, you won't get what God has for you. Because everything God has for you has everything to do with you yielding. You have to yield. I've watched people in my meetings sit there and do like this. Oh, no, 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 I'll pull your hand off your mouth. <laughs> no, you yield to that. You yield. You know, isn't amazing. You know, we've asked God, Lord, I'm so hungry. Lord, touch me today. And yet God comes to touch us and we resist it. Because, you know what? God's not doing it in the, in the way we want him to do it for us. Now, how many know God doesn't do it your way? I promise you, God does not do it your way. But he will come because you ask him. No, he will come because you ask him. No, no, listen. He will come because you ask him. But when he comes, you got to yield to him. Many people miss out. Listen, many people miss revival. They miss out what revival is because... Because they've even been praying for revival and they've been fasting for revival. But yet in their mind, revival comes a certain way. God don't send a move of God to conform to the way we think a move should be. God sends it His way and He expects us with faith to hook up with Him and to yield to Him and to flow with Him. You're not going to understand Him. No, no, you're not going to understand Him. Somebody said to me, well, how do I know it's God? My response is, do you understand it? No, I don't understand it, Brother Richard. Well, then it's God. <laughs> I, li- I, like, I like this pulpit. I can just stay here and just, and just, just move like this. <laughs> I feel like a machine gun. <laughs> Holy Ghost machine gun. <laughs> Whew, mama, I feel it right now. Glory to God. Oh, yes, Saka Taka Robo Sata Leba Koto Brabakata Rabakata. Oh, my mind, this is just Sunday morning. She's wait till Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night down the road. Hallelujah! (laughs) Hallelujah! Because Monday morning I'm heading to where where God is, where the sun is. I'm heading to the sun Monday morning. It's a joke. <laughs> I understand how Sister Pastor Nicole feels now. We have the same humor. Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel myself getting a little drunk right now. I better move on. Jeez. I'm going to start meddling. <laughs> oh, glory to the Lord. You know, church should be a place to where, you know... <laughs> What's your name, sister? She goes, she goes, Mama, Mama. <laughs> just, just, that's all right, just yield. Hallelujah. Just yield. 
See, this happens everywhere we go. <laughs> Glory to God. I feel it, man. Hallelujah. I, I feel like right, I'm about ready to step into a phone booth right now. <laughs> feel it. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, you know what the Bible says when the anointing comes on you, turn you into another man. You know, I had a, I don't know why I'm talking about that. I still, I still got about 10 more scriptures to read. But the number of years, I don't know how long ago it was. I actually got it on video. I, um, I understand, I understand, I, hallelujah, glory to God. I understand how the prophet of God outran the chariot. You know, when the anointing of God turns you, you'll do supernatural things. Because that's really what the anointing, you know what the anointing, the anointing of God is? The anointing of God is simply this. It's very simple. God coming upon flesh. What's your name? You'll never be the same. It's the power of God on you right now. Never the same. Never the same. Whew. Hallelujah. See, he's real. I tell you, I see the, I see the power of God on this is This is how my wife and I, this is how we live. Almost 300 days a year. Then you can just imagine, this is just Sunday morning. You can imagine by Friday night how it'd be. Because understand something, you can never exhaust him. You can never exhaust him. I can promise you this. There's a whole lot of God that you haven't experienced yet. There's a whole lot of God. Amen. I, I I remember, hallelujah. Boy, I got so I got so much going over in me right now. Yeah. I, I, got, I mean, it's like a it's like a, it's, it's going in me like a machine gun. You know, it's just. <laughs> but I, I I remember one time my mentor, Doctor Kenneth E. Hagen, and and I mentioned him a lot because he's my mentor. Yeah. But yet, you know, I mean, I mean, Jesus appeared to him over eight times. One time sit and talked to him for two and a half hours. And I remember one time he's talking about, but I've had things like this happen in our meetings. I remember one time he said, he, he, he said the glory of God was in, 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 in one of his revivals in such a strong way. And he said, he saw the anointing of God on one of the ladies in his church. This is actually one time why he's pastoring his church. You know, it's pretty remarkable. You know, he pastored a church for 12 years. A couple of different churches, but a period of 12 years. And in 12 years' time, he never buried a church member because he got them all healed. Amen. I don't know what you call that, but I call that <laughs> success. <laughs> I, call, I call that getting, getting the people in your congregation to learn to live the redeemed life. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And he said he, said he, he was in revival, and he said he noticed the Spirit of God on one of the, on one of the ladies in his church, and he had her come up and 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 just share what the Lord was doing, and and as she got up and shared, he said she closed her eyes and she 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 began to speak in tongues and and she began to dance, and and, and as she began to dance, somebody in the congregation who wasn't born again came up and gave their life to the Lord. They stopped for a minute, spoke in tongues, and began to dance again. And then another person in the congregation who wasn't born again came up and, and was standing at the altar. And then she stopped and began to speak in tongues, and she spoke in tongues again and began to dance. Every time she did this, the person, whoever was there, the individuals that were there that were not born again, would come and answer the altar call. 
And here's what he said. He said, when the last person, when the last unsaved person answered their altar call, he said, she started dancing. And he said, we were, we're on the platform was about four foot high. He said, she danced off the platform and danced in midair. Just danced for, uh, uh, I, I don't know how long it was, maybe, maybe it's, you know, 30 seconds. I don't know how long it was, but she, she danced in midair. And then just danced back on the platform and then opened her eyes and went and sat back down. Now, the only reason I'm even saying that to you is that understand something. He's supernatural. <laughs> understand something. You're a supernatural person. And the supernatural should not be something that's foreign to us. The supernatural should not be something that we just experience every once in a while. Understand something. God is the God of glory. And so when I say that there's a whole lot of God that we haven't experienced, that's one of the reasons I just shared that, that, that story. Because there's a whole lot of God we haven't experienced. Amen? Wow, listen, you, you'll never be able to exhaust him. How, you can't, it's impossible to exhaust someone who has no beginning and has no end. That's why his word, that's why we have to get his word on the inside of us. That's why we can't treat this book like any other book. Because this is the word of God. This is not like some book that you just pull off the shelf of Barnes and Nobles. Every, every book at Barnes and Nobles is dead except the Bible that's there. If they even carry the Bibles anymore. But every book's dead. I mean, before the ink dries, the words are dead. But this is the Word of God. Amen? Amen? This is the Word of God. It shall never pass away. This is the Word of God. Every single word in here, every dot, every tittle, every word is impregnated with the very life of God. That's why the Bible says we're to get it in us. Because the Bible says when we get it in us, Something happens. What happens? When we find it, something happens. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, that His words are life to those who find. How many know that the only way you're going to find is when you seek? His words are life to those who find. Hello? His words are life to those who find in medicine. Everybody say medicine. medicine. And medicine to all our flesh. Guess what? God's word only becomes life and medicine when we, when, when we find, but we only find when we seek. Yeah. Amen? And notice what the Lord said here. The Lord said here, verse 9, chapter 28. The Lord said, I don't think I'm going to get through all these today. But the Lord said here, He said this, He said, If thou seek Him. So, it's a question. If. You got it on the screen here. If thou seek Him. Are you going to be one of the ones that makes the decision? I'm going to seek Him with all of my heart. Or are you going to be one of the ones that say, I'll seek Him, but just every once in a while, or just sometimes, or when it's convenient with me. And that's how some people think. Well, if it's convenient. Listen, you're going to have to get out of your convenience. Amen. You're going to have to get out of your convenience because understand something. God is no rabbit's foot. He's no genie in a bottle. He's no lucky charm that you can just rub anytime you want him to come on the scene. It doesn't work that way. He's God. Amen. And he said, if thou seek him. If thou seek him, if thou seek him, so what? Are, well, listen, because God's saying to him, know the know the God of your father. Yeah. <laughs> and here's what's going to happen: if he said to Solomon, if thou seek him, he will be found of thee. Yeah, Lord. If thou seek him, if thou seek, everybody say, if thou seek him. Yeah. Say this: I will seek him. All the days of my life, I'll seek him. And God will be found of me. 
if thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But listen to what else what he said. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. If thou seek him, he'll be found of thee. Amen? Go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 15. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Verse 2. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. While you be with him, and if you seek him, he will be found of you. If you seek him, he'll be found of you. Now, we're going to begin to find a theme here. When God says, remember, when God says something over and over and over and over and over, there's a reason. Amen? Amen. I mean, he just said, he just said in, in, in First Chronicles 28 that if you seek him, God's going to be found of you. Here's 2 Chronicles. If you seek him, guess what's going to happen? God would be found of you. But he said again, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Go with me, if you, go with me to the book of Jeremiah. Actually, go with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs the 8th chapter Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me those that seek me early shall find me. Jeremiah chapter 29. I was really just laying a foundation here this morning for today and for when we come back. But Jeremiah 29. I feel it. My, 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 my. How many feel the glory of God here? I tell you, His presence is in this house in a very strong way. Jeremiah chapter 29. Hallelujah. Look at, well, you know what, for time's sake, well, I'll tell you what, just, just go to verse 11. We'll just read the whole thing. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Remember I said to you earlier, God does think things towards you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? He does think, th every single one of you, He thinks things towards you. He thinks thoughts towards you. Every single one of us that's here this morning, God thinks things toward us. Amen? Yeah. And He gives us insight, what He thinks. He says, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil. You know God doesn't think evil things of you. Amen. That Not one evil thing has God thought of you. You know why? Because He's not evil. Only evil people can think evil things. Understand something. God has no beginning and He has no end. That's why His Word has no beginning and has no end. That's why if you was on a desert island, the only scripture you ever had was Jesus wept. And you got off that island after 30 years, my God, you could write encyclopedia after encyclopedia after Jesus wept. Because you'd get so much insight because His Word's alive. You can never exhaust it. Amen? It's like His goodness. His goodness is so... Listen, you, 
So many people, you know there's people in church, there's people that's not in church this morning, they'd love to come to church, but they're not in church because they think God's out to get them. Because they've messed up in life. Some of them used to go to church, but they've messed up in life and made mistakes and they've tainted their life and their walk with God. But you know what? Everybody will. But He's so good. He's so merciful. And if they really understood God, when they made a mistake, they wouldn't run from Him, they'd run back to Him. Because, understand something, don't bring, don't bring God's goodness down to the level of your mistake. His goodness is greater than your mistakes. His goodness is greater than your failures. Amen? His mercy is new every morning. And God is merciful. Amen? Understand something. God can only be good because that's who He is. God can only be merciful because that's who... God can't... It's impossible for God to become evil because He's, he's good. And it's impossible. God, it's impossible for God to thank evil things toward us. God has never thought one evil thing toward anybody here. Amen? He says, Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then, verse 12, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. God said, if you just come unto me, I'm going to hearken to you. Me, I'm going to give ear to what you're saying. We're going to fellowship. He says in verse 13, And you shall seek me. Remember, look at this theme we find throughout the Word of God. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. With all your heart. God gave us a promise. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. He said, you will. He said, you will. No, he said, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then look what he said in the first part of verse 14. It's a familiar thing. We keep finding. And I will be found of you. And I will be found of you. I mean, here's the third scripture we've already read to you where God said, if you seek me, and I'll be found of you. Why is he going to be found of you? Because you're going to find him. Amen. Actually, one translation says, if you seek me, I'll allow you to find me. God said, I will allow you to find me. Do I don't think we really, let, I've, been, I've, been sharing, I've been sharing this for years. This is really the theme of our, our, of our ministry is, is seeking God because my, my wife and I, I mean, we should, you just have to go watch the programs for the last five weeks. And uh, <laughs> yesterday we took a trip in time. <laughs> yeah, we went ahead five weeks and now we're back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we went to the future and now we're back to the present. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's what happened with me because I just took God at His word. I began to seek Him. I begin to seek Him. Glory to the Lord. And I, I'm still seeking. I'm still seeking. No, no, I, I'm still seeking. I mean, you, listen, my, my, my confession is I'm the hungriest preacher there is. You're looking at a very hungry preacher this morning. And I know that, I know that, you, I know that you, you have a very hungry pastor. And I think that's why the Lord's so connected us and joined us because we're of like faith. We're, our hearts are very, you know, equal in the fact that we're hungry for the things of God. And well, listen, I, I can care. I can, I can honestly, I listen, uh, and I'm not just, 
you know, some preachers come and they, they just, or some evangelists come and they evangelistically talk or, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they stretch it out. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not that way. I'm very black and white. When I tell you, when I tell you things, it's, you better count on it. That's how it happened. If I tell you a story that took place, you better tell, I mean, right down to the dot and tittle. I mean, I, I don't evangelistically talk. <laughs> they do some of some. That's what some evangelists do. You know, yeah. How many people got saved? Whoo, multitudes, and one. It was one got saved, but the multitudes they evangelistic, they stretch it, evangelistic talk. Now, my wife would tell you I don't do that. And uh, and and and, 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 and oh, there's also this saying. You know, you you hear. I heard this one preacher say one time. He said, "Look," he said, "I'm not preaching to you now. I'm telling you the truth." <laughs> 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 and I'm not preaching to you now. I'll tell you the truth. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you like it is. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I, I, I can care less about material things. I can care less about material things. I can't say it's always been that way. My wife and I, I mean, listen, we've been through the fire m- multiple times. And I'm not talking about because of bad things. When I'm talking about because we've, we've been... Pressing into God for years, and, and, and you'll, you'll find that the God had just, you know, God doesn't do it all at once. You couldn't be handled, you couldn't be able to handle it if God did it all at once. You know, at this and times as you seek Him, He'll just whoo, take this out. You know, year down the road, whoo, take this out. Yep. You know, a few years down the road, whoo, take this out. Till you come, till you, till you, till you come to the place. And listen, I'm, there's still more that, that, that the Lord needs to take out. But I can tell you one thing is that. We're about his, my wife and I, we're about my father's business. And I know your, your pastor is, I mean, listen, because hunger's in action. You know, hunger's in action. I see the ones that are hungry in this church. Because you're here. Everywhere we go, people come and say to me, Whoo, I mean, we, we've been praying for revival. Whoo, but I tell you, Brother Richard, my, 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 you're going to see me every night. I'm like, oh, please don't say that. Don't say that, oh, my lands, because I know that, I know, almost, that's the last time I've seen them. That's the last time I've seen them. Because hunger is an action. It's not what's your word. People talk all the time. Don't, don't, listen, don't tell me you're hungry, show me. Don't tell God you're hungry for Him, show Him. Because you better look to see that He, you better, you better know that God looks to see if you're hungry. Because hunger, hunger is an action. Amen. And, I, and, I, and that's one. And I think, you know, because your pastor and I, I mean, we're both so hungry for the Lord. I mean, you, I see him. I mean, listen, you don't just you don't you don't just get up and, and drive, you know, 20 hour round trip just to come down to, you know, a service for two days. Right. Or three days or however many times the last time you came. Right. Well, unless you're hungry. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You just don't take in this so large seeds. Unless you're hungry. But it also shows, listen, when I see people sow so large seeds, it also shows me that, that money's not their God. Right. Amen? Amen? When you see people fast and going, you know, on an extended fast and crying out to the Lord, listen, it shows something because hunger is an action. Amen? And you know, when I said, I can promise, I'm not, material things mean nothing to me. I mean, I, I hope it's 100%, but maybe, maybe it's not. But I can promise you it's in the 90s. 
Material things mean nothing to me. And I think one reason why, not just because the Lord touched me, but I think one reason why material things really don't have a hold on me because I watched my best friend hold his 18-year-old daughter in his arms as she took out her last breath. And you know what? Things get put in perspective real quickly. Real quickly. You know what? Anything material, I don't care what it is, Anything material is replaceable. And I don't understand why, 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 why listen, people, people fight. People fight. Friendships are lost. Relationships, family members can't stand each other now over some material thing. I've watched it, I've watched, I've watched it in my own family. I watched it in my own family how, how, how you know, an, an individual dies and you watch a family member react. Oh, they would want me to have that. Well, now they speak for them. Not, but it's, it's over some stupid material thing. Over something material. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if it was a family heirloom. It's replaceable. Amen. Amen. It's amazing to watch people how they get over just over something material. But that just goes to also show you where their heart is. Because understand, whatever's in your heart, you'll act it out. That's one, that's one reason why the fire comes. I've watched, my wife and I, we, we've, watched, we've, watched people come, we've watched people come in the meetings and get blessed. But yet, the, the, only, the, the, only, the, the only the bad side of that is that yet they hadn't got some of the stuff out of their heart yet. And there were still some things in their heart that was not right. And it's ugly. And they didn't have the money to fulfill it. But once the money comes, now they can fulfill what's in them. Come on, let me go over this section of the church. <laughs> Amen? Amen? That's why revival comes. That's why the fire comes. Fire comes and burns on the inside of us. Amen? Amen? Let the fire fall today. Amen? Amen. The fire, and it is here. Trust me. The fire of God's here yes. this morning. Amen. But listen. But no, no, notice what the Lord said to Jeremiah. If you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. In verse 14. And I'll be found of you. Yes. And I'll be found of you. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Amos, chapter 5. Amos the fifth chapter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amos is right after Joel. I'll help you out. It's page 1096. <laughs> Amos chapter 5. Actually, it's 1095. Amos chapter 5. Look at verse 4. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek me, and you shall live. Seek me, and you shall live. You know why many people don't live? They don't seek Him. Listen, I trust God's Word. I believe God's Word. I don't care what people say. What's God's Word say? And God's Word says, if you seek me, you'll live. God's Word says, if you seek me, you'll live. We go over this section of the church. God says, if you seek me, you shall live. Amen. Did he not say that? Yes, well, God's not a man that he should lie. 
God said, if you seek me, you'll live. Amen. Go with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Look at verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst, which is really seeking. Go with me to the book of James, the fourth chapter. James chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. James, the fourth chapter. Look at verse 8. Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. What's God saying? God said, if you just come after me, if you just draw nigh to me, I'm going to come after you and I'll draw nigh to you. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. Go back one book to Hebrews chapter 11. Many more scriptures we can read, but for time's sake, Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and now listen, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. No, come on. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. If you diligently seek Him, God promised us, and He's not a man that He should lie. If you diligently seek Him, if you diligently cry out to Him, if you diligently draw on to Him, my Bible says that not only will you find Him, but He will reward you. Yes. Amen? Amen? He will reward you. And thank God, you know, God doesn't look on our education. God doesn't look at our status in life. I don't care if you only have a third grade education like my grandmother had. If you draw nigh unto him with a third grade education, he's going to draw nigh unto you. If you seek him, he's going to let you find him. Amen? God doesn't care if you have money, if you have no money. If you seek him, you'll find him. Hello? Amen. It's time that we move from information stage. To knowing the Father. And that was the cry, of, that was the cry of, of, of Paul's heart. That was Paul's prayer that he prayed. That was Paul's prayer that he prayed with the church of Ephesus. That the God, I prayed it this morning, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That He might give you insight into Him. That He might let you see Him. That He might show you some things about Himself. Amen? Amen. It's called knowing your father. Just like you know your earthly daddy, it's called knowing your heavenly father. Because he is your father. No, no, he is your father. He's not only God, he's father. Amen? Amen. 
Remember what Jesus said when Jesus was re resurrected from the dead? Jesus said to Mary, don't touch me because I'm not ascended yet ascended to my Father and to your Father. I'm not ascended to my God and to your God. Jesus was saying, my God is your God. Jesus said, my Father is your Father. Why? Because we've become one now. We've become one with the Father. We are the redeemed of the Lord. That's why we can walk throughout this life when everybody else is fearing of getting this flu and getting this disease and getting this virus. We can walk through life with absolutely no fear whatsoever. Why? Because we are the redeemed of the Lord. Because I understand what my father did. I understand what he did. He sent his son and he came to this world and took upon flesh. No other God of any other religion has ever done that. He took upon flesh. He took, he took upon flesh and was tempted in every way you and I are tempted. Yeah. Yet he overcame. Amen. He took upon flesh and for 30 years of his life was limited. Just like you and I. Because he was flesh. He was, understand, Jesus was 100% the son of God. But you also have to understand he was 100% the son of man as well. And for 30, for 30 years, he was limited. That's why you don't read it. That's why you, you, you don't, the only thing you read of Jesus' life the first 30 years, you read of his birth, and you read of when he was 12. Teaching in, teaching in, in, in the Pharisees and the religious, religious leaders were amazed. But it doesn't say any signs and wonders. It doesn't say any miracle happened. It just says they was, they was, they was confounded. They were, they was overwhelmed by the, 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 the knowledge of, of this 12-year-old boy. It's the only thing you hear of. You never hear of any miracle. You never hear of any sign and wonder until God came on the scene. Meaning, that's what the anointing of God is. Remember, the anointing is God coming on flesh. And that's what happened. God came upon flesh. God came upon Jesus' flesh. Because yeah. yeah. he was baptized. He was baptized by John. And when he came out of the water, the Spirit of God descended upon him. And he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he received the Holy Ghost without measure. The Bible says that, that the Holy Ghost was on him without measure. That God was on him without measure. The Spirit of God's on us in measure. My wife has it in a measure. I have it in a measure. Your pastor, uh, Brian and Nicole, have it in measure. We all have it in measure. I don't care who the, I don't care the, the greatest evangelist there is, which there isn't one single great evangelist, but I don't care who you admire more than any other evangelist or any other pastor, yet he still has it by measure. Kenneth Hagin was my mentor. The one, if there's any preacher I could be just like, it's him. But yet he had it by measure. Jesus had the Holy Ghost without measure. So much so that the Bible says there'd not be enough room in the world to record all the books that'd be written about all the things that Jesus did. Yet the New Testament only records, uh, the, the, it's over 50, I forget the number, so I won't say, but I know it's over 50% of, of, of what you read uh, is only the last 27 days of Jesus' life. Signs and wonders and miracles. Everywhere Jesus went. Signs and wonders and miracles. Everywhere Jesus went. The blind saw. Everywhere Jesus went. The dead was raised. Everywhere Jesus went. The crippled walked. Every time, everywhere Jesus went. Signs and wonders and miracles took place. Every city, every town Jesus went into. The very first thing he did is announce to the people. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's the first thing Jesus announced. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel 
to the poor. Jesus had to be anointed to preach. You understand that? Jesus had to be anointed to preach. He's anointed me to heal the broken heart. The broken hearted. You know what that tells me? That tells me, and I know there's a lot of broken hearted people, in, 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 not just in church, but in, in, in the world. But you know what? Jesus was anointed to heal the broken heart. You know what that tells me? That tells me if an individual has their heart broken, the only way for that heart to be healed is to get in the anointing. It won't get healed because you go to go to some psychiatrist and lay on a couch. You can't you you can't counsel a broken heart. Broken heart needs to be healed. Hello. Just like devils, you can't counsel devils. You cast them out. Amen. It is, but yet we got churches today who counsel devils. But yet, you're also in those same churches when it comes to the, when it comes to the Holy Ghost. Well, we go, go to the back room. Oh, yeah. We got churches today all over America, all throughout North Carolina, that the Holy Ghost has been limited to the back room. Well, I know that's going over like a lead balloon, but it is the truth. The Holy Ghost has been limited to the back room. And the mega churches. Yeah, but the day will come where they'll be emptied. Because there's no life, there's no substance there. It's a sad day in America where, 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 where pulpits all across this land has become, has become no longer pulpits where the gospels preach, but has become a pulpit of life coaches and motivational messages. Come on, church. You don't can't counsel some devil, you cast them out. You don't reason with some devils. You can't text back and forth with the devil to come to some happy agreement. But people do it. Hello, come on now, church. Now you devils are meant to be cast out. Understand something, the devil is a created being. He is a created being. He has absolutely no authority over you whatsoever. None whatsoever. Like my wife was talking about this morning, it's time we rise up and begin to exercise and walk in our authority. Amen. Amen. It's time that we be the sons of God. It's time that we be the walk this life and walk the redeemed, amen, life and act as the redeemed act. And let me say this to you, because I'm I'm just going to, you just need to know this. Because I'm going to tell you something, there there is, there's, you're never going to lack another day in your life in the name of Jesus. Never, this church is never going to lack another day. Never. And those, because those, there's, there's in the hand of the Lord is upon this place. The blessing of the Lord is upon this place. And those that come and submit to the, the authority that's here and become, guess what? They tap into that which's present. You never lack another. You'll never lack another day in your life. But let me say this. Don't, don't apologize for God's blessing either. And don't be ashamed of God's blessing either. Don't be ashamed. I don't care what they say. Listen, they come say it to me all the time. A bunch of devils, a bunch of idiots. I'm sorry. Amen. I'm sorry. The Bible says, let him that's ignorant be ignorant still. And some people just idiots. Well, you know, God, who do you want those prosperity preachers? Yes. No, that's what they'll say. What do you want? The, what do you want? Whether those health and wealth pre- preachers? I said, yeah. well, you know what I say? It's better than sickness and poverty, isn't it? That's right. Hello. They just don't know God. That's right. They just don't know who their father is. 
They have information of us. See, that's why I said we got to move from information stage to knowing stage. Yeah. They have information about God, and unfortunately, it's the wrong information. Right. It's amazing the wrong information people have about God. So it's amazing. Do you know there's people right now that won't even come to church because they got around some uninformed, misguided preacher who lied about God? They believed it. Well, we don't understand. We don't understand why God sent that drunk driver to hit your wife head on. God had another plan for her in heaven, and we don't understand everything in this life, but when you get into the sweet when we step over to the other side, we'll just know all things. Oh. And you know what the individual says? Well, if that's God, I don't want nothing to do with him. You know what? They just got information, wrong information, by a misguided, uninformed Christian or preacher. Amen. Amen. And I hear, I hear Christians all the time talk. It, t- it tells me they don't know him. Because I'm going I'm to I'm 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 make a statement here. And you know what? I, it needs to hit home. And, it, it need, and you need to be slapped sillier with this statement. Yeah. To slap you in line. <laughs> Amen. We all need that. Yeah. Amen. I need it myself. We all need that. Yeah. Now, my wife never needs anything like that, but uh, we all need it. <laughs> She's trained me well. The Bible says, train up a husband the way she go. <laughs> but when I, hear, when I hear Christians talk in terms of lack, it tells me they don't know the Father. That's right. <coughs> let me, let me come, this is my section over here. This is the revival section. When Christians talk in terms of lack, it tells me they don't know the Father. That's right. Because if you really know, if you really knew the Father and knew about Him, you would never talk in terms of lack. That's right. Because how can you talk in terms of lack when He's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough? Yeah. Woo, come on, let me make me dance. I'm gonna start dancing here. I know people. What kind of dance was that? <laughs> that was a Kentucky hillbilly moonshine dance. That's all. <laughs> Well, we can't afford that. They don't know the Father. How can, how can, you, put, how can you put lack in the same sentence with El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough? You can't. He's more than enough. 48 times in the Word of God, He declares Himself as El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. When God declares, what remember what we said? When God says something over and 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 over about himself, what's he doing it for? Because he wants you to know something about him. Forty-eight times he declares himself as El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. What's he want you to know about him? He's more than enough. Amen. He's El Shaddai. He's not El Cheapo. He's El Shaddai. Amen. I hear Christians all the time. I, hear, I, I was just dealing with somebody the other day. Ah, oh, put me in the poor house. I shouted at him. Oh, I need to caught himself. Shouldn't say that. No, 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 but really, it's just, right. come on. Yeah. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, I can't afford that. No, you just don't know your father. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. That's good. It's time we come up higher. That's yeah. right. 
And, and can, I, can I make, let me make a few more statements. That's why I'm on it. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart. Amen. Amen. Train up a child. You know what? We have to train our child in the ways of, 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 of God. We have to train our children of who our father is. Amen? Because somebody's going to do it. If you don't train up your child, I promise you the world will train up the child. And when they train them up, they won't even believe in God because it's the Antichrist spirit that's in the world and the school systems and the colleges today. They won't even believe in God. Amen? Come on. Train up a child. My wife and I, we, for, we, trained, we trained our daughter well. But you know, nobody, nobody, what's amazing is everybody can quote the verse, you know, train up a child in the way you should go, but nobody can quote the next verse. You know what the next verse says? The rich shall rule over the poor. That's what the next verse says. The rich shall rule over the poor. So are you, going to cheat, are you going to teach your children to be poor or to be wealthy? Hello. But some people are, the, some people are the, well, whatever the Lord's will be. No, that's a cop-out. There's, there's absolutely no faith in that. There's no faith in that. Well, if it's, if it's the Lord's will, you know, we just want what God wants. No, there's no faith in that. Because then you're putting everything over onto God and no, no responsibility onto yourself. But yet the Bible tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. The Bible tells us to meditate in his word day and night. And when we do, guess what? Then we'll know the way and then we'll make our way prosperous. The Bible doesn't say God's going to do it. It says we'll do it. Amen? But then again, then, then you'll also hear this. Oh, you just, just train the child to work hard. No. Actually, not so. Actually, they need to work. I mean, yes. Do you need to tra train your children to work and to work hard? Oh, yes, absolutely. But don't tell them if you just work hard, they're, they're going to be blessed. Because I know people that work very hard. I know people that work factory jobs, work eight, ten hours a day, and they're just barely making it. They work hard, but they're barely making it. So there's got to be something else besides just working hard. You know what that something else is? El Shaddai! Yeah. You know what that something else is? If you observe to do all that I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set you on high above all the, uh, all the mountains of the earth. And guess what? And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. So it's not just working hard. I mean, you've got to work hard, but yet there's got to be something else besides working hard. It's called the blessing of the Lord. It's called the blessing of the Lord. Come on, it's called the blessing of the Lord. It's not, don't just focus on the working hard. And yes, you've got to teach your children to work hard. I mean, because the Bible says if you're lazy, then you won't eat. You've got to teach them to work. I mean, there should be no such thing as laziness. But yet, it's not just working hard in itself. It's called being obedient to the Father. It's called obeying the Father. And when the Father tells you to do something, guess what? Then all these blessings come upon you. Amen? How many know people that work hard? They work hard, but they're just barely making it. Hallelujah. Go with me 
And we're going to have to get into, we're going to get in more into this tonight. Go with me to the book of Exodus. Hallelujah. Exodus. Go with me to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. Let's start with verse. Let's look at verse 12. Hallelujah. Well, actually, let's look at verse 11. <laughs> I mean, we really could start with verse 1, but we'll start with verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face. That was under the Old Covenant. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, means he had no father. He was the son of Nun. No, that's, that's bad. Bad joke. Bad joke. That's for the B recording. Best for the B-roll, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll let you use that, Pastor Nicole. You can have that one. A young, a young man departed not out of, out, of, out, of, out of the tabernacle. Verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Verse 13, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. Listen, listen to the heart of Moses. Show me now thy way that I may know thee. Listen to the cry of Moses. Moses was a very hungry person. He's saying to God, show me thy way because I want to know you. I want to know you. Listen, I want to know you. Show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I, might find, that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people, verse 14. And he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. Now listen to, listen to Moses. Moses said, and he said unto him, if thy presence, said unto the Father, if thy presence go not with me, carry us up, not up hence. Moses was saying, I only want to be in your presence. I want to know your way so that I might know you and I might find grace with you. I want to know you and I want to be in your presence. Wherever your presence is, I want to be there. And if your presence doesn't go there, I'm not going. Yeah. See, everything's in his presence. Everything you need's in his presence. Everything you have a need of is in the presence of the Lord. But yet, unfortunately, today we live in a world to where many church people, yet those churches that put God to the back, those churches that speak in tongues in the back room, 
Those churches that, you know, if you want to pray for people, lay hands on the people, do it in the back. And there's churches like that. Yet those same churches raise up a generation who know nothing about the Father. They know nothing about His presence. But I will tell you, they do know something. They know something about entertainment. They know something about hype. Yep. Yeah. But they know nothing about His presence. Amen. That's why many of them will fight it. Because they've, they've, been, they've been given a God that's not really so. Because you can't know all of God just by, just by hearing the word preached. Because never, God never meant for you just to know the word being preached. He meant for you to know the word, but He also meant for you to get in His presence. He also meant for you to spend time fellowshipping with Him. So that He can talk unto you as you talk unto Him. It's called getting to know the Father. It's called having a relationship with the Father. Because the bottom line is that, which Christ, that is what Christianity is. Christianity is about a relationship with God. That's what Christianity is. And I can tell you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus that God is more concerned with you having a relationship with Him more than, he, more than He's concerned about you doing things for Him. Because it starts with relationship. Listen, it's, everything is founded in a relationship. Our witness is founded in a relationship. My preaching is a result of my relationship. My witness is a result of my relationship. My praying is a result of my relationship. Everything stems from relationship. Everything stems from relationship. Because that's what Christianity is. It's a relationship with God. It's one with God. Think about that for a moment. Just... Mom, I just begin to meditate on God. You know what? You know one of the things that I've begun to do is I, I've just I've just taken certain scriptures, and, and trust me, there's there's more, many of them. <laughs> there's many, 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 many scriptures. For example, just turn with me to Isaiah 40. See, people can never. Did you know people have accused us? Well, they don't preach the word. We do, they, but also, those people never been in one of our meetings. I mean, come you know, you're getting a lot of scripture this morning. You're getting a lot of word. Isaiah, just go with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12. I'm just going to give you an example of something I do. I've taken all the scriptures about God and about who He is and about His grace. Look at verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of His hand? And meted out the heavens with the span, and, 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 and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in, a, in scales, and the hills in a balance. I mean, see, what, what I'm, what, the reason I even quoted this to you is to show you God gives us insight about Him. Yeah. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know Him. Who else has held the oceans in His hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers and knows the weight of the earth? Come on. God gives us insight into it. And we've got to get the word in us. And the cry of our heart should be that we know him. The cry of our heart should be to know the Father and to seek him with all of our heart. And let me tell you something. It won't always be comfortable. You have to know that before I close. It won't always be comfortable. 
Because guess what? The flesh will go kicking and screaming. You better know the flesh will go kicking and screaming. But don't think that God doesn't also look. Because guess what? Don't think for one moment, please listen to me. Don't think for one moment that you being here this morning goes unnoticed with God. Don't think for one moment those that should have come that are home, don't think for one moment that that goes unnoticed with God. People say, well, you don't have to go to church. I've had people say it all the time, well, you don't have to go to church. You're a Christian. There again, just listening to the response of another idiot. And they are ignorant. The Bible says, let him that's ignorant be him still. That's, that's nonsense. Because the reality is, I'm going to give you a lot of stuff on them this morning, but, I, but the reality is, you'll stand, when you stand before God, when I stand before God, when we stand before God, we're even going to give, give an account of our church attendance. I've never heard that before. Well, read the Bible. Because guess what we're going to stand before God and do? Listen to me. We're going to stand before God and every single one of us. Every, when, I say, when, when I say you, I'm all, please understand, I'm including me. We are all going to stand before God. And guess we're going to give an account of what we did with the Word. Because He's given us this Word. And He said, study to show yourself approved unto God a workman needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the Word. Do you know we're going to stand before God and give an account of our study? Because He told us to meditate in His Word day and night. Didn't He tell us to meditate in His Word day and night? Everything that's in here, we're going to give an account of. Do you agree? Everything that's in here, we're going to give an account of. Guess what else is in here? Forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. We're going to give an account. Come on. We're going to give an account. See, but yet, when people aren't eternity-minded, they don't even think that. Like I said to the pastor, you know, the, we were talking, you know, yesterday. I, I, I don't like the term. I, I, I don't like the term. Because people use it all the time. Well, you don't want to be so heavenly-minded, you know, or so good. No, that's the problem. Because we're dealing with a bunch of people that are so earthly-minded that they're carnal. And they, they, they do things based on the flesh. And, and when they get sick, the first thing they do is run to the doctor. Carnal-minded, earthly-minded. Come on. My wife was talking the other day. She said, and it's so true. Some people have more, they have, more, they have more faith in the doctor than they have in God. Now, I'm not against doctors. I believe in doctors. I mean, I think doctors and, I mean, me and doctors, I mean, we, we want to see the same thing. We're just coming from two different angles. I mean, we want to see people well. I mean, the reality is, if it wasn't for the doctors, half the Christians would be dead. So, I mean, thank God for the doctors. <laughs> thank God for the doctors. You know what I mean? But yet some people, as my wife was saying the other day, some people have more faith in doctors than they have in the Word of God. Because they'll get sick and they'll go to the doctor. And then guess what the doctor does? He does all these things and just because money. And the next thing you know, you get, you get, all, these, you get all these prescriptions for all these drugs. Because they get paid from the pharmaceutical company. And yet, you know, you're sick. And you know you go you go to you go to the pharmacy and you get this drug, and it, it, you get this these pills, and you know what the pills say? 
Take one pill or two pills every, you know, three, five, eight hours. And you know what people do? They're faithful. And they get that pill bottle and they take that pill. And you know what? Five hours later, we have to take one every five hours. Five hours later, they're taking them another one. Five hours later, they're taking them another one. Why? Because they're being obedient to what the doctor said. They're being obedient to what the, what's the words on that prescription. And you know what? The very first time they took that pill, you know what? A couple hours later, they're still sick. But yet, five hours later, i got to take another pill because i got to take one every five, five, five hours. And you know what? Five hours later, they still got the flu, but they're taking another pill. Come on, listen to me. While they have more faith in those, that pill bottle, they have more faith in what the doctor said than what our Father said unto us. They have more faith in what the doctor said than what Jesus actually did. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. That it might be, Matthew said, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Peter, in 1 Peter 2.24, Peter looked back at the cross, and what did Peter say? Peter said, with his stripes we were healed. Amen. See, heavenly minded people, first thing they think of is the Father. Think of the King, think of the Word, go to the Word. Come on. Oh, there's so much. There's so much, there's so much, there's so much. And I'm, I'm excited what the Lord's doing here because it's just the beginning. I, I tell you, it's just the beginning. I tell you, this area, and, and not just this area, but I'm saying this area because the church is here, but the surrounding areas in the states and shall be yes. shaken and shall be touched as a result of the boomerang. Amen. 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 The boomerang yes. church. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And God, listen, do you know God's looking for a place? God's looking for a place. Just like he's looking for a person that will yield to him, he's also looking for a place that will flow with him. Come on. He's also looking for a church that allow him to come and be God. That allow him to come. Understand, he can't be all of himself because we won't be able to handle it. I mean, even in heaven, we're going to need glorified bodies, so we can't handle all of it. But yet God's looking for a place to where he can come and he can walk up and down the aisles of the church and he can come and do whatever he wants to do forever long he wants to do it. No questions asked. Amen. And he finds a group of people, a body of believers that will constantly yield to him and obey him and do what he said do. And you better know, you better know that as we yield to him, we'll be rewarded with his glory. You better know as you yield to him, we'll be rewarded. Because he's not a man that he should lie. Because God said to us, if we seek him, we'll find him. God said to us, if we seek him, he'll let us find him. And God would be found of us. Amen. He said to us, if we draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. He said to us that he is a rewarder and he will reward us if we diligently come after him. If we diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. Glory to the Lord. I tell you, isn't the Lord good? Oh, Robon Sifte, there's so much more. And you know what? And I can tell you, my wife can, we, we can tell you that there's been, there's been we, we've seen just as much or probably even more things happen 
and there the supernatural and, and, and manifestations of God's goodness and God's power and God's glory outside of the four walls of the church is just as much as we've seen inside the four walls. Amen. But we got to get we got to get away from this this mentality that 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 you know bring people to the church so God can touch them. I mean, a lot of churches don't even have that mentality, but some Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches, you know, God wants to touch you, come to church. No, 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 no. Why don't you pray for him right then? Amen? Because the reality is, why tell them to come to church when you are the church? Why tell the people to come to church? Why tell the, why tell the sick to come to church when you, you are the church and you're right there with them? Amen? Do you know out of, 40, out of 40 miracles in the book of Acts, 39 of the miracles out of 40 in the book of Acts happened in the marketplace? 39 of 40 miracles happened outside where the people are. Why do you want to, take, why do you want to, why do you want to see the power of God manifested amongst the few when you can take it to the multitudes? And that's our job. That's our job. You know what's our job? But a lot of Christians, well, you know, you're the evangelist. You're to to go. No, no, no. You're the pastor. You're to do it. No, 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 no. The job is the fivefold ministry is to to train up the church, train up the layman to go. You know what? We're to go. Do you know when Jesus said us to go into all the world, to go into all the counties, go into all the cities? Do you know that's not a suggestion? (laughs) That's not a suggestion. It's a command. And guess what? One day, see, we're about to be an eternity-minded. One day, when we stand before the Father, we're going to give an account of Mark chapter 16. Well, I can't go into all the world. No, but you can go into the counties. Well, I can't go into all the world. No, but you can go into the counties, and you can, guess what? You can sow seed into those that do go into all the world. And guess what? Your reward will be the same. My wife and I, we've taken... We, we sow, listen, my wife and I years ago, actually in 1998, we sowed a seed into my, my pastor, who's also my, one of my best friends, went, rented Madison Square Garden in 1999 for six weeks. Got it down to $85,000 a day. But what's nothing? What's $85,000 a day? I mean, it's nothing when you put it in the light of El Shaddai. It's only a lot when you put it in your mind. It's only a lot when you think you got to come up with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Come on. That's right. And I remember my wife and I, we, uh, we, were in the, we were in the city in the service, which there's a lot involved because, you know, don't you think God knew what was going to happen in 9 yeah. 11? God knew what was going to happen in New York City. Because, God, listen, God knows everything, yeah. he, he knows our future, He knows our beginning from our end. You know, He knows it all. That's one reason why God won't show you your whole life. That's why God won't show you your whole life. You know, if God was to show you the next 20 years of your life, then there'd be no need for you to trust Him for the next 20 years. No place for faith. That's why God only shows you in part. Go to the city. Yeah, but Lord, no, go to the city. And God won't say nothing else to you until you're obedient and go to the city. And when you get to the city, then He speaks to you again and tell you what to do in the city. It's called, a, it's called a life of faith. It's called living by faith. It's called walking by faith. That's why God won't show you everything. Because you know why God won't show you everything? Because He wants to be the total source of your life. He wants you to be the one 
He wants, he wants to be the one you trust in. He wants to be the one you rely on. Just like my daughter. I mean, here's little Rachel right here. Listen, guess who she totally trusts and relies on? Diddy. I did that just for her. No. Dad. Listen, when my wife was traveling, I would travel on the road and we had our daughter with us. And she went with us everywhere. I mean, she's a revival baby. She was conceived in a revival, born in a revival. Everything was revival. She's a revival baby. And you know what? I would watch her. There, was, there would be times, man, that just, it's just, I mean, financially, it's just like, we, we need miracles. I mean, we didn't even know how, I mean, we need miracles. I mean, we didn't, I mean, if I could, if I could tell you how we've lived, oh, my, my, it, it, some of you had to go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, this is best. I mean, yeah, even, the, even your pastors. I mean, people don't, you know, it's amazing. People like to see, people like to see the now, the church. Oh, look, they got the church, they got this new church. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you don't see all, you don't see the, the, the struggles and you don't see the, the digging in and the times burning the midnight hour, hour oil crying out to the Father. No, no, no. People don't see all that. See, that's why never, never judge somebody's harvest until you first know their seed. That's right. That's good. And there'll be times, I mean, my wife and I, we didn't know what in the heck is going to happen. We didn't know what's, what's next. But I go and I look at my daughter, you know, she's five years old, just laying on the bed in her blanket with her, you know. Well, she didn't have a baby doll, but, or did she? She might have. I don't know what she had, but just laying there. And she has no cares, no worries whatsoever. You know why? Because she knows daddy's going to take care of her. Mama's going to take care of her. And that's how we're to be with our father. Yes. Let me just say this to you. I know I've said a lot. But listen to me very closely. God has never... He's never failed you. God has never failed you. He's never failed you. God has never failed you. And He never will. Amen. He just wants you to trust Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You've been blessed this morning? And we're going to give me an opportunity to sow a seed, but before we do, I mean, after we sow a seed, I want to pray. I need to pray for some people. Then we'll be back here at four o'clock. And is this not, I, 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 is this how we're doing it now? Just have they already given the offering? No. Oh, they haven't. Okay, ushers, ushers, just come. I think. Yeah, we'll have some baskets and ushers just come. I, I thank you. You've already been given an envelope. If you don't have an envelope, just raise your hand. Those just come. Get, how, how many don't have an envelope? One of our envelopes, and you need one. Raise your hand. Y'all should I have one? If you're going to make out a check, just make a check out the VOR. It's abbreviation for Voice of Revival. But also on these on the on our envelopes, we have a place. If you'd like to become, you know, partners with us, then you can become partners. But we also have on there you can give by way of credit card. You know, we we we'll take American distress. We we take it all. <laughs> we take. You know, you can. <laughs> We, we take the cash. and but, but, but as you fill out the envelope, please don't write in tongues. Write, fill it out legibly so, 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 we, so we can read it. But just, just do what the Lord tells you to do. Listen, I, we, we never put any pressure on anybody. We just tell you the, the only pressure that needs to be on you is just obey the Lord. But I put no pressure on you. you. You just do what the Lord tells you to do. Just obey the Lord.
Hallelujah. Some of you might have already filled it out. That's great. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I see people writing. We'll give you, we'll give you time to, f- to fill it out. Then I need to pray for some people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I tell you, the presence of the Lord here is thick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I tell you, the Lord is good. Some people, some people filling out their envelopes. Some people is basking in His presence. Others, I'm jealous of. They get to eat cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did, did, you, did you give a tithe of that cookie? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, church should be a place to where, you know, you enjoy life. Yeah. You may, I mean, it shouldn't be one of those places. It shouldn't be one of those, you know, places to where you wake up and go, oh, God, do I have to go today? Right. No, no, no. It's you, you, should, you should go to bed. And the last thing on your mind is you close your eyes. Oh, I get to go to church in the morning. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Amen. You wake up, ah, church day. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Now, I can understand why some don't, because I've been to some of the churches. My God, I, <laughs> I've been to some of them. I've asked the Lord to deliver me from them. I mean, I've been to some churches. I'm like, Lord, if you rapture me now, I'll never ask you for nothing ever again in my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you ready to sow seed this morning? Yeah. Father, I thank you for every seed being sold. Lord, we thank you for a mighty breakthrough. And I thank you, Lord, that Boomerang Church and those that attend Boomerang Church, I thank you that there will be never again another day in their life where there's any lack. You are El Shaddai. You're the God that's more than enough. And I thank you, Lord, that you are more than enough in this church. And we give you all praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. 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 Ushers, just... Come, they got the buckets up here. Come bring your worship to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to move this and I'm going to pray for a few people here. Thank you, Jesus. Orange, freba, sifron, riste, rebonconda. Je lèverai Burun, je lèverai Bossu, je lèverai Indramodou, Brafran, Zete. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I'm going to minister to a few people here, but before, we, before, before I do, just every head bowed, ever I closed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, every head bowed, ever I closed. Never should we ever allow the Word of God to go forth, the Spirit of God to touch people, and never give people an opportunity. Because it is all about eternity. Because one day every single one of us here, we're going to stand before the Father. There's the, great, there's the great white throne judgment, and there's the day of judgment. The, day of, the judgment days when you and I stand before Him, or those that are born again stand before Him, give an account of our life in this life. The great white throne judgments when the law stand before Him. But there will come that day to where we all stand before Him. Some may be sooner than others. But before we go any further this morning, if you're here this morning, you say, Brother Richard, I used to be on fire for God, but I've grown cold. 
And today I want to rededicate my life to him. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, you quote, maybe you got in a fight with a friend or said some things you shouldn't have said or gone through a divorce or tragedy or something's happened in your life. But you say with me this morning, Brother Richard, I want to rededicate my life to you. I want to pray with you. And perhaps you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You never invited Him into your heart. You're not washed in His blood. Your name's not written down in the Lamb's book of life. But this morning you want to give your life to Him. You want to surrender your life and you want to give Him your life. And I'm going to pray with you this morning. And the last invitation I have this morning is this. Perhaps you attend church. Perhaps you attend church regularly, but the enemy's been lying to you, telling you that you're not born again. For whatever reason, maybe you made a mistake or something, whatever reason, he looks for every opportunity, but the enemy's lying to you, telling you that you're not born again. But today you want to make sure, then I want to pray with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, all, all across this church this morning, on any one of those three invitations, to rededicate your life, to give Jesus your life, or to make sure. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand all over this auditorium. Yes, sir, thank you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. All over this all, all over this auditorium. Just raise your hand up high so I can see. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. We'll give you we'll give you a moment. To forget about who's sitting beside you. Forget about here. Forget about what people think. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Forget about what people think, because most people don't think. Anybody else? Raise your hand. As long as the hands go, I tell you, the Spirit of God is dealing with people. Anybody else? All right. I want you, I want you to 